Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner presented by Pro 10 Global Sports. Today is Saturday, March 15, and I am your host, Pete Zebron. It's certainly not easy being a tennis parent, and parents want exactly what's best for their kids. And on today's show, we're going to give you exactly what you can do as parents, what is very good for your children growing up as tennis players. Pro 10 Global Sports is hosting Frank Giampolo on the Southwest Tour making stops in Albuquerque on the 31st of March, El Paso on April 1st, Tucson, Arizona, April 2, and finishing up in Scottsdale on April the 3rd. And there is more information on Pro10Global.com. And we'd like to remind everyone that you can call our show today at 347-637-1197. You can also reach us on Twitter at Pro10Radio and, of course, on Facebook.com slash Pro10Radio. We'll take your question any way you want to reach us, and you can also log on to ProTenRadio.com for all the podcasts and future show information. And today, again, we've got Frank Giampolo as our guest. Frank is a veteran author who's acclaimed the book, The Tennis Parents Bible, and he's also written Championship Tennis uh, that was just released in April of 2013. Frank's innovative approach has earned him numerous honors, including being named the 2001 USPTA Southern California Tennis Director of the Year, and he's also founded the Mental Emotional Tennis Workshop in 2002. Since then, participants in Frank's program have gone on to win 71 U.S. national titles, and his students have also won ATP and WTA singles and doubles titles. Welcome to our show this afternoon, Frank. Hi, Pete. How's it going, everybody? Good, good. We, we're, uh, we're, we're thrilled to have you on. And um, first things first, Frank, uh, with respect to uh, your, your books that you've written, I uh, was hoping that you can uh, elaborate on the, on the success of those books and uh, talk to us a little bit about how tennis parents can utilize those books and the instructions in those books to help be the best tennis parents they can be. Yeah, well, the Tennis Parent Bible um, – has been out for a, a couple of years now. It was, uh, I think, number three on Amazon's bestseller list for tennis books. And um, in a nutshell, it's everything tennis parents didn't even know they needed to know. So it's, it's, it's jam-packed with information, with blunders and cures and anecdotes and common questions and common problems with solutions. Uh, the book really does have um, a ton of in-depth detail as far as organizational blueprints, how to customize the plan of attack for your child, how to understand your child's brain type and body type, um, how to hire tennis coaches and the whole entourage. So we've had a lot of, a lot of fun with that. We've uh, actually, for the last couple of years, have been traveling around the world. Um, ITF leaders are using it as their blueprint. So we're educating coaches and um, yeah, in kind of the last six months, I think we did New Zealand, Australia, Israel. So we're kind of getting calls from uh, far-off places, and not just here in the States. Um, so that was a ton of fun. Um, championship tennis is more of a, a basic developing tennis players type of book. Coaches and parents are, are actually buying that. That's on human kinetics, which is probably the worldwide leader in sports publishing. And... Um, I did just hear that Championship Tennis is their second best-selling tennis book of all time already, and it's only been out in stores for about six, eight months. So 
We're happy about that, that's for sure. Anyway, thanks for asking about oh. that, Pete. Sure. Con- congratulations, uh, Frank. And that's exciting that uh, other countries are reaching out to you and, and bringing you in with respect to this very important subject matter. Obviously, laying a, a very good foundation in, uh, in younger tennis players can lead and pay dividends down the pike. In fact, we've seen you know, examples of, uh, of athletes whose parents seemingly still getting a little bit too involved in, in their games down the road. But, you know, in some of your travels, Frank, can you elaborate on um, maybe some of the destinations around the world that are, that are more proactive in, in your approach and have really, um, have really implemented what you've been uh, writing about? Well, sure. The, uh, the ITF leaders in Spain, they're really getting involved. Um, of course, uh, we talked about already kind of down under with the whole New Zealand and Australia. They're, they're very involved also, and they, they really truly understand that there's a triangle type of effect where the, obviously the coaches need to be educated and then the players need to be educated, but also they get it that, you know, the parents are not educated, they can easily sabotage any real chance of success. Um, and so we're spending a little bit of time, and it's kind of interesting for me, but educating tennis parents, it's actually the, the catalyst to grow the game and decrease the dropout rate. There's, there's been a lot of hype in the last few years regarding 10 and under and getting more kids into the game but unfortunately, the dropout rate is still the same. And one of the biggest reasons for the dropout rate is uneducated tennis parents. Um, the number one reason why kids say they quit tennis is because their parents, are, they get too heavily involved and, and they kind of get a little bit nuts about the game. And it's sad we're putting all these, all these efforts into bringing kids into the game, but then they're still dropping out like mad when they get a little bit older. So... One of the neat conversations we've been having, um, I just did a great USPTA workshop in the mid-Atlantic states, and we talked, we talked a lot about the idea that if tennis parents are more empowered and they're educated, they're going to actually motivate the coaches to improve. Because um, if, the, if the parents know what's going on and they understand the art of what I call deliberate customized training, they understand the new methodology of training, and the coaches don't, well, the parents are going to leave that program. And so now we're finding that, you know, the reason why a lot of coaches are getting motivated to get educated is because the parents are getting educated and they're leaving their program. And now it's, it's necessity. That's the number one kind of reason why they're, they're changing is they have to because now finally tennis parents are getting educated. So it's pretty exciting. That, that's that's fascinating. I, and um, with that in mind, Frank, can you uh, can you tell us what your your tennis mission statement is and elaborate on that a little bit? Well, sure. Well, I would say it's just maximizing player potential at the quickest rate. And to me, at the quickest rate is kind of the the bold statement. So we have to really get involved in how the child is wired, their brain type and their body type, and teach them to play the style that that they find natural, which is kind of more of their preferred intelligence, if you will. And we can get into that a little bit later if you want, but to me it's pretty interesting that certain personality profiles, you know, like four or five ball rallies, they love the art of attacking, but in other personalities are opposite. They're happy just staying back and letting the other dude self-destruct. They're fine with 20, 30 ball rallies. They love the idea about retrieving. And, and some people hate it. Some people love it. And so for me, I found that really fascinating. And that's one of the things that kind of turned my 
my programs around when I stopped doing old-fashioned, old-school training and I started doing kind of deliberate, customized training. Very good. No, thanks for sharing that. And um, how and why did this topic become so important to you and what you do? Well, it really became personal when I became a tennis parent. So I was coaching high-performance players. I was a director at Vic Creighton Tennis College for, you know, 10, 15 years working with Vic. And we did focus primarily on, on stroke mechanics and the physics of the game. But as a parent, tennis parent, I'm coaching and I'm finding almost always kids lose, they get off the court, and they never say, man, if I would have followed through an inch higher, I would have won that match. I never heard that. I always heard things like I was up 5-2, I lost focus, I choked, I hate pushers, I don't know how to play against pushers. Um, these are all mental you know, and emotional issues. The dude cheated, and then I kind of went nuts, and I couldn't handle it. So the more I got into it, it was like, wow, this mental-emotional side really is important. And, and parents didn't get it. They thought that a tennis lesson was the coach stands by the basket, hits balls right to the kid's backhand for an hour, and that's a lesson. That's, that's what they wanted to see. And it turns out that's exactly what you don't want to do with a kid when you're training him to win tournaments. So, and I'm talking about more of the high-performance level, top sectionally ranked kids, nationally ranked kids. And I understand if it's a beginner, you have to go through fundamentals a little bit more. But when, when they're kind of past that stage, it gets really fun. It gets really exciting. So that's why I wrote the Tennis Parent Bible, and that's why I changed my whole training method was I understood, man, being a parent, it's emotional. It really hits home big time, you know. So that's what motivated the whole thing for me. Great. And uh, with that in mind, uh, if you can elaborate on some of the Tennis Parents workshops that you, uh, that you do in, in affiliation and association with the USTA, that would be great. Oh, sure. Well, the, the workshops are um, they either provided directly to the tennis parent or to the coaches. So it, with the coaches in mind, it's how to communicate and educate parents. Um, and with the parents in mind, we kind of go through the whole A to Z of how to motivate your child, understanding how they're wired. We go through all the tennis parent blunders. And the biggest key is kind of using things like the school methodology of teaching. So uh, you kind of get it. You remember when we were all in school, we went to math class for an hour, science for an hour, history. Um, but what I found in tennis, when you watch coaches around the world, they just do one subject all day. They just groove ground strokes back and forth, and it's almost like playing catch. And I'm watching it, and I'm going, man, tennis is a game of keep away. It's not a game of catch. Why are we just doing one subject? You know, we're, we're out there as coaches or as parents wanting lessons, and they just want fundamental stroke production all day. Well, there's a lot more to building a champion than simple fundamentals. There's, you know, the primary strokes, of course, but there's secondary strokes. There's the whole off-court side, as you know. There's developing all the patterns. And I do a workshop for high-performance kids around the world, and it's developing their top seven patterns of play. Um, so we get into that whole mental side. Even I found often in, in talking about these workshops, 
a lot of kids play one set and go home. So we talk about the idea of the parents and the players are developing one set wonders. And as we go into it a little bit deeper, we talk about, well, your, your son's going into a 64-player draw. They're going to play six rounds, singles and doubles, about 27 sets for the next five days. And when was the last time your little Joey played 27 sets in five days? And every parent goes, never. And all the kids go, never. But, but for me, it was like, man, we've got to do some pretty serious changes. And um, anyways, this is like 2002. And uh, once we changed that, the kids really started to do well. And we're, we're like cranking up national titles left and right. And um, I did something that was interesting, if, if there's any coaches out there listening. I did an actual case study. I took six kids. And I had them train the old school method of mini tennis, rally to each other, go back, rally based on to each other, let a player come to the net, hit right to the person, lob short right to the net person. And what they're doing all day is they're motor programming the exact shot you don't want to hit in competition. So in other words, like lob short to the net person, right? And now you're in a first set tiebreaker. The opponent comes to the net. And what kind of lob do you see your kid hit? Short, right to him, and they're going, oh, no. And I'm thinking, well, of course, because that's what you do 10 hours a week is you just you get right to somebody, and that's, that's the motor program you're developing. So we tried to make, make some changes, and with the whole case study, we had a group of deliberate, customized training kids only running their top seven patterns, not allowed to play catch, only keep away. The other group's playing catch all day, like, like we see at every academy almost around the world. And six weeks later, the deliberate, customized group absolutely killed the other group that was still doing old-school training. So for me, it's, it's fun to help the coaches, but also kind of help educate parents that you know, if they want champions, they're going to have to develop um, you know, a new system of training a little bit. So anyway, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, yeah, you totally. And that, uh, you know, that's interesting where you, you boil it down. Basically, uh, everybody knows how to play catch, and everybody knows the game of people. And, and something as simple as that, that little explanation uh, seemed like go a long way. So that was, I had never heard heard of that. I think you nailed it spot on. Obviously, you shared, uh, Frank, the results taught for themselves. You shared something early on in your answer that, and, uh, that uh, you used the term parent blunders. Um, we're going to elaborate some of the biggest parent blunders uh, that are out there and how, how parents can avoid them. Well, I think one of the, um, the ideas of tennis parent blunders, and, and we're going to cover the top 20 when we do the workshops there in, in, in your section. Um, I think the tennis parent Bible covers the top 50 in that, in that book. But um, some of the more, I guess, um, interesting blunders is this idea of training the child based on their own personal brain type and body type instead of training the child the way the coach used to play. So that's always really interesting for me. And, and one of the things I've discovered over the years is that I can ask a child 15 questions before we even hit one ball, and I probably know more about that student than their coach, 
the student's grandparents, the student's parent, the student's dog, just by kind of answering, uh, having them answer some important questions. So, I mean, if you like, I can go through that, and I think the parents might find it interesting that are listening. Very good. Uh, Frank, thank you for that. And right now we're going to go to a break right now, and we'll pick up uh, on, on more with uh, Frank Giampaolo and some of the workshops that are, are going to be coming up here in the southwestern United States right after the break. The Adidas Barricade 6 provides superior cushioning, support, and stability. Maximum durability is backed by a six-month guarantee. The choice of ATP professional Andy Murray, the Barricade 6 is the perfect shoe for the competitive player who needs to play at the highest level. The Adidas Barricade 6, the ultimate hardcore shoe. Available at TennisWarehouse.com, the ultimate equipment website. Little Caesars, home of the $5 hot and ready pepperoni pizza, now has a deep, deep dish pizza with eight crispy caramelized corner slices and even more cheese and pepperoni. So head on down and grab a large for just eight bucks and tell them Alan Varner sent you. They won't know who that is, but as a voice actor, I'm always trying to get my name out there. Check me out at alandoesvoices.com. That's A-L-A-N doesvoices.com. But first, get the new deep, deep dish pizza. It's hot and ready every day from 4 to 8 p.m. for just 8 bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. To celebrate the not normal Mini Cooper, we hired an expert to tell you about Mini telepathically. Greetings. Relax and listen to my mind. The Mini Cooper Heart Top comes with 37 MPG and co-cart handling. Wait, that's not telepathy. Listen again. The bigger four-door Mini Countryman has seating for five. Okay, you're just whispering. You're still paying me for this. Come see the 37 MPG Mini Cooper Heart Top and the bigger Mini Countryman today. Visit miniusa.com slash info for MPG details. Awaken the tennis player you dream of being. Tennis 365 presents... The official Tennis 365 app for educational purpose, tennis entertainment, news, and tournaments. Based on the knowledge of international tennis coaches in USA and Europe. Whether you just picked up a racket or are getting ready to make a move to the pros, Tennis 365 has a tip for you. Tennis 365 provides one new educational tip every day for a year. Save your top ten and recall them before a match or use them to help during training. Keep track of your favorite players year-round with instant access to every tournament throughout the year. Download your app today. Hi, this is Johan Crick, and you're listening to the Pro 10 Radio Network. Denise Basic is a real Geico customer, not a paid celebrity. So to help tell her story, we hired a celebrity. It was Thanksgiving night when I accidentally hit a deer. Whoa, look out, look out! I called Geico, expecting to get a recording, but someone was there to help me. Help me! Somebody help me! Geico got my claim in the works right away, and I was actually able to enjoy my Thanksgiving. Mashed potatoes, gravy, and cranberry sauce. Geico. Real service, real savings. Get the most out of your game with the best selection of Nike gear from TennisExpress.com. Play to win in the Roger Federer Premier RF Polo and Twill Short with matching Zoom Vapor 9 Tour shoes. Check out the Maria Sharapova Premier Maria Tank and Skirt and high-performance Nike Zoom Vapor 9 Tour shoes. Sizzle on every serve like Victoria Azarenka in the dry-fed woven tank and the woven pleated skirt with Zoom Vapor 9 Tour shoes. Shop all new Nike gear for fall at TennisExpress.com.
Welcome back to Coach's Corner, presented by Pro 10 Global Sports. Pete Zebron, along with our special guest, Frank Giampaolo. And again, we'd like to remind people that you can call their show at 347-637-1197. And um, here's what Vic Braden of the Vic Braden Tennis College had to say about Frank Giampaolo. Frank is a skilled lecturer and a top teacher. Now as an author, Frank has written one of the most important developmental books I've seen in my 60 years of teaching. This should be required reading for every inspired parent, player, or coach. And Frank, you have something out there called the Tennis Players, Tennis Parents Job Application. I was wondering if you can elaborate a little bit about that, please. Yeah, yeah right on. There's, um, well, we just kind of had a little fun, a little tongue-in-cheek. We kind of, a lot of tennis parents, they don't even know what their job really is. So we had some fun. We put like a monster.com type of uh, jobs available post online. And actually, Tennis Magazine ran ran this a couple months ago. But or if there's any tennis parents out there of elite juniors, here's your job description. Um, positive team player needed for a 168-hour-per-week position. They must possess a universal desire to be screamed at, talked down to, and be willing to be hated five to six days a week. Uh, the applicant must have an uncanny sense of Buddha-like calmness, must be willing to work early mornings, late evenings, and most weekends. Candidate must be willing to forget about their own personal interests, workout routines, sports, and hobbies. Candidate must not expect to go on vacation due to the year-round tournament obligations. And applicants should plan on missing traditional family holidays due to Thanksgiving Nationals, Winter Super Nationals, Spring Break, Easter Bowls, Labor Day, Memorial Day events. Um, so anyway, we have some fun with that. We kind of we talk about that throughout the whole tennis parent workshops. And we, we actually kind of give each parent a customized, detailed, organizational plan um, for their kids and for their coaches. And um, one of the funny parts about the job coaches post is when we talk about wages and expenses. So there is no pay for this position, and all work-related travel and travel-related expenses will not be reimbursed. So as you can see, being a tennis parent, it's not for the weak at heart. It's a pretty dirty job, but it's a super important job. And um, the fun thing with this whole idea about being a tennis parent and trying to raise a champion is they cultivate all these terrific life lessons like time management, adaptability skills, confidence in handling adversity, how to handle stress, courage, work ethic, perseverance. Well, the list goes on and on, but boy, we're definitely developing leaders in the world when, uh, when parents choose to put their kids into uh, high-performance tennis. So I take my hat off to all the parents out there, that's for sure. Absolutely, and, and something you, uh, you shared earlier is, uh, is a quick development rate. I'm wondering, Frank, if you can uh, talk a little bit about the importance and how a parent can help organize their child's customized development plan to help maximize their potential at the quickest rate? Well, a great way to start getting organized is to, you know, have a, a blueprint. And um, I'm going to give everybody my, uh, my website. One of my websites is called TennisParentSolutions.com. TennisParentSolutions.com. It's a free blog site. There's hundreds of, hundreds of free um, articles on how to become a better world-class tennis parent. Um, but also in that, there's a bunch of e-books that we put together for juniors and parents. And one of the e-books is 
the customized evaluation blueprint. Um, so they can pick one of those up. There's eBooks with how to chart matches, 10 easy, unique ways to chart matches, how to attract a college scholarship. So all of these questions that tennis parents they either have now or they're going to have in the next couple of years, they're, they're covered in, in that website. So tennisparentsolutions.com, uh, there's some of the blueprints there. Or better yet, come to our workshop when we hit your city and we'll, uh, we'll customize it for you. We'll go through it together. That sounds great, and obviously you're going to be here um, uh, coming from California out to uh, El Paso, Albuquerque, Scottsdale, and Tucson. And um, Frank, obviously you, you've shared, uh, you've elaborated on uh, the preparation of, of getting a player ready, but let's talk a little bit about match day, uh, the day of the match, and, and how important the communication uh, between the parent and the, uh, the player will be, and some of the, some of the things that might stress uh, both parties out on that particular day. Yeah, well, match day preparation is key for sure, and this is a good example of how a tennis parent could sabotage any real chance of success. So, for example, a coach is really, their job is to kind of de-stress, and they understand that they need to de-stress players and have them focus on performance issues, not outcome issues, right? And so we're spending hours and hours with players, you know, as coaches, trying to do that. And then the, uh, you know, a parent might drive their kid to the, uh, the tournament site and absolutely sabotage any bit of de-stressing that we've done. So I'll give you a funny example. There's a family here in California, the Kalowskis. So Martha Kalowski, she actually gets up Saturday morning to drive little Kelly to the tournament. She doesn't like Kelly's choice of outfit. She's upset about her chewing at breakfast. She's pissed off about the poor directions. She's annoyed about every red light. Martha's at the end of her rope and just stressed out like crazy. And, and Kelly hasn't even played the match yet. Now, you know, Kelly walks on the court so frazzled, she can't even sing straight because her mom stressed her out so bad. And, um, of course, Kelly loses the match and guess who gets all the blame? Poor Kelly. But the mom pulled her out of her performance frame of mind and into all this unwanted drama. So it was super interesting for me. Now, Sunday comes along in the backdrop. Kelly's you know, in the, still in the tournament. Now, Mark Kowalski drives to the tournament. Now, here's Mark. Mark's driving poor Kelly to the tournament saying things like, okay, Kelly, she's ranked 98 spots ahead of us. Our ranking will skyrocket if you just don't blow it. Remember, she cheats. She'll push. So focus. This is the most important match of the year. And remember, Kelly, we spent $2,000 getting you here, so don't expect me to keep forking over your hard-earned money and all this hard-earned money to your game if you lose. So, of course, Kelly walks on the court, just freaked out, loses again. Kelly gets all the blame. But really, she can't even begin to be in her performance state of mind because her parents are not educated. So there's pre-match communication, there's job descriptions during the match, like charting or videotaping. And then there's post-match communication. And it's critical that the parents know what to do because parents can blow it, and they don't even know they're the ones blowing it. So it's going to be pretty interesting. We'll cover that a lot during our workshops. 
Yeah, I can I can easily see how that can happen. And uh, you know, we've got we've got brain types of players and we've got body types of players. And uh, some of what I really enjoy when I go out to Cincinnati every year is to interview the players. And some of the brain players that I've identi- I've identified, uh, Yanko Tipsarevichs and Vera Zvonarevas, and obviously the body types, the Ferreras and the Nadals and whatnot. But can you talk a little bit about how um, a brain type of player uh, and a body type of player help to drive the uh, success that a, that a player would have on the court and, and the role that the parent plays sure. in that as well? Yeah, sure. We, that's, I think it's one of the most important factors. Um, I've had so many players go from 500 in the nation to top 50, top 20, just by changing their training based on the kid's brain type. So, We'll go through a little bit. We all know about Myers-Briggs and personality profiling, but uh, uh, the first category is introvert and extrovert, and introverts gain energy by alone time. They need to quietly reflect a little bit. Extroverts gain energy by making things happen. So what brain type is going to go to the net and attack and what brain type might not? So probably extroverts might be more naturally wired, their genetic predisposition to, to make things happen. So part two, the second grouping of brain typing is intuitive or sensates. Intuitives really, really trust their gut instincts. They say things like, I had a hunch, I had a feeling that they were choking, so I stepped in on the second serve more and got them to double fall because I, I sensed they were panicking over there. That's intuitive. And sensates want all the facts before they make a decision. So a sensate going to the net is never going to happen unless they're really, really nurtured to understand that the opponent is vulnerable and now it makes perfect sense to go in and attack. So it's it's fun even when you're picking, like, doubles partners. Like, if, if you want your doubles partner who's a sensate to serve in volley and get to the net, unless that kid is really, really taught well to play that style. So, I mean, we all know there's nature and nurture. There's the genetic predisposition that you're born with, but then also there's the nurturing side. Um, that plays a role too. But um, the other factors might be is, uh, the brain type. Is it a thinker or a feeler? Feelers are very emotional to the emotional climate of the match. Feelers are very sensitive, and, and they have a lot of trouble with people cheating and hooking um, you can almost sometimes even see these players falling apart, crying on the court. Um, thinkers are a little bit more rigid. They just say what's logical. They have no problem with cheaters. They'll just walk off, get a line judge, because it's the logical thing to do. And so the way we teach people is really based on their brain type. Um, the, the last section is judges or perceivers. Judges are found in the here and now with their thoughts and laws and rules apply and only stay inside the box, only do what you're supposed to do, that's a judger. Perceivers, that their brain is found in the future. They're big picture thinkers. Well, interesting, if you have a perceiver on the court, almost always they can get a 5-2 lead, and now they're, they're thinking about where the trophy's going to go in their, in their room, their ranking, they're watching the court six, and they know the scoring court six, seven, eight. They know that people are cheating on, on court number 12. So these perceivers, their mind is already way gone. So we have to teach that brain type how to close, how to close games and close sets and finish these matches off. So they all have their strengths and weaknesses, but if you know the brain type, you don't waste any time and you, you maximize potential at the quicker rate. 
So that's that's brain painting in a, in a nutshell. Well, that's amazing. I mean, you 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 know, it, it, tennis is all about numbers, and you mentioned early on in the explanation that you know you've taken people from 500 in the world to to 50 and whatnot. That's uh that's outstanding. I think everybody could relate to that. And and as we know, it's such a fine line in tennis. Uh, uh, you know, between really outside of the top uh, four or five guys, you know, number number eight through uh, 70 or so, it, it's just uh, anybody can, can win almost. It's a toss-up. And just a little tweak there, as you mentioned, Frank, in, in, uh, in preparation and in, uh, in coaching and play, how to, how to construct this particular point uh, to play to the strengths of, a, of an individual can make all that big difference. That, that's got to really hit home with um, – with parents, and with that, I, um, if you could just talk a little bit about identifying the uh, the parental and personality profile, uh, if we can talk about that before we go to a break, please. Well, the idea about the parental personality, it's, it is brain typing again, though, but it's, it's understanding that often the child is not wired like the coach and is not wired like the parent. Um, for example, I had a a little girl that was ranked 189 when she was. 11 years old, and her coach was a very, well, he was very introverted. He was a backcourt player. He was from Brazil. He was a 20-ball rallier. He made little Sarah hit 300 balls in a row before she was allowed to do anything else. And the mom was very steady as well. So the mom played college ball in the 80s. So she loved Jose's approach. I met little Sarah, and Sarah says, I hate tennis. I'm going to drop out. It's so boring. Well, we get into Sarah's brain type, and she has the same brain type as like a Serena Williams or a Pete Sampras, four or five ball rallyer, not a 20-ball rallyer. Well, Sarah goes on to train this new methodology of running patterns and plays, closing out the point, you know, within five balls. Sarah goes on to be number one in California in the 14 and 16s at the same time, and she goes on to play the U.S. Open, adult U.S. Open, by the age of 15. And this is the same girl that wanted to quit. Tennis was the most boring game in the world. So and how many parents and coaches unknowingly sabotage kids? Kids walk away from our game because we're not training them based on their personality. We're training them based on our personality. Sure. You, you mentioned – thanks for elaborating on that, Frank. You mentioned something – uh, that, uh, you know, it's a good problem to have, but it's a problem nonetheless. And, and that is, uh, you know, a parent of a, of, a, of a high performer that gets up to a 5-2 lead. But, um, you know, the boredom sets in or who knows what. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, something's going on on an outside court. And then, um, you know, suddenly the 5-2 yep. lead ends up, uh, a, you know, a 5-7 uh, loss for that particular set. How, how does that happen and how can that, how can that be corrected? Well, it usually happens because players don't know their script. Just like a Hollywood actress or Hollywood actor, um, I recommend teaching kids their top seven patterns. That is their script. And they have to learn to stay on script um, even when the going gets tough or even when the going actually gets boring and easy. And staying on script when things are easy is it's tougher for different personalities like a perceiver. We talked about that a little bit. But – the key is we have to educate the kids to control the controllables, focus on what they should be focusing on. And this is part of the emotional side too, but they have to focus on the performance goals of their top seven patterns, possibly things like 
attack any ball inside their short ball range, hit high and heavy when the ball's landing deeper than the short ball range, serve to the back end could be something very basic. But what happens is, as, as we all know, is the kids leave their performance state of mind almost like a TV channel, and they shift to another channel. Now they're getting reckless, they're getting bored, they're not focused. So they have to learn that kind of, it's like emotional control and mental control of stay on script. And this is why I recommend for parents to videotape at least one match every tournament and have the coach sit and watch that match with the player and point out all the actual causes of the errors because a lot of times that's the reason why high-performance players win or lose is that they don't understand the cause of error. And um, we'll talk about this again in the workshops. It's discussed a lot in championship tennis, but there's four causes of errors. There's improper strokes of bad form, right? There's shot selection, inappropriate shot selection, poor movement and spacing, or bad focus control or emotional control. And, of course, we can't fix the problem until we spot the cause of the problem. And so every kid's a little bit different, but by watching the video, you can look at things like, boy, you're making a lot of errors and it's all inappropriate shot selection. Or, uh, But most of the time what happens is the kid loses. The parent and the kid, they don't want to talk about it. They go home. The kid goes to more lessons. And then the coach works on fundamental stroke production. Well, what if fundamental stroke production wasn't even the cause of the error? What if it was bad emotional control and bad movement and spacing? So closing out those five two leads, it kind of gets a little bit deep as far as understanding, you know, what are the causes. So I would start there. Sure. Sure. A couple more questions before we talk a little bit more about uh, about what you're going to be doing here in the Southwest. And uh, a big question for a lot of parents, um, you know, is how how do we uh, how do we look to attract a, a college scholarship for our our son or daughter? Well, that's a great question for sure, and a lot of parents really do avoid that issue until it's too late. So the whole the whole idea really is build them first, and they will come. That's it. You're either in the buyer's market or seller's market. And if you follow kind of a new, deliberate, customized training regime, you're going to develop a champion fairly easily. It's not even that hard to develop a champion. And now every college is sending you letters asking you to come for free. Now, if you don't do that, if you do the old-school methodology of rallying cross-court to each other, then go rally down the line and that sort of thing. If you don't do any mental-emotional training, now you're going to be in the seller's market where you're going to be actually making a YouTube video and you're begging every coach for the scraps of their leftover scholarship money basically because you're an unproven entity. You have potential, but you're not proven. Well, as we all know with college coaches, their, their job is based on you know, performance they want proven entities. They don't want unproven. So how to attract a college scholarship is, is super important. That's why we, we have a whole book regarding that one topic. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing right now is you really have to develop a champion in the right manner. You've got to follow a deliberate plan that has to be customized to their brain type and body type. You have to have an outline organizational blueprint 
those are key issues for sure. But if you look at like the upswing, if you do these things for four or five years, now your kid goes to college for free. They have a full-time tutor assigned to help them. They get all their, all their classes first so they're not taking pottery instead of, you know, calculus to, to graduate. They get front row seats in the football game. They get an apartment by the beach that the school pays for. They get a credit card for all their food. And then obviously when they graduate, they don't have to pay back student loans, all because the parents were smart and they were organized. So I recommend for the parents, you've got to look into becoming an educated tennis parent. Um, one of my biggest, I guess, pet peeves is these hobbyist tennis parents. They send their kids to one or two lessons a week, and then they get mad when the kid is not a champion. Well, this is a big thing for parents out there. If you're a hobbyist, you're only going to have a hobbyist kid. You're not going to have a world champion if you're just a hobbyist tennis parent. So you've you got to get involved. Good, good, very good advice, and uh, boy, that book, that must be a very powerful book with respect to again uh, planning the right uh, avenues, if you will, to uh, like you said, do do, a, do the work ahead of time and, and present your case accordingly. But um, along those lines, Frank, um, it, could you talk a little bit about what the uh, what the schedule for a, a top nationally ranked junior would look like uh, year in and year out, if you will, or what what that road looks like? Maybe a little bit different compared to going the college route, but uh, what what that looks like for life as a as a junior, one of the top juniors. Well, I think a top junior is going to really stick close to the ten thousand hour rule, and we all know that formula. We've heard of a zillion times that you know twenty hours a week for ten years to develop somebody world class, whether it's Michael Jackson or Michelangelo or Agassi or Wayne Gretzky. Uh, they all just kind of fell in love with their their sport, or their music. The parents lit a spark, turned into a flame, and the kids just had an incredible passion. And so 20 hours a week is, is pretty average. There are a lot of players that do deliberate customized training that have become world-class in, in six years, in 6,000 hours, in 5,000 hours. We've seen players do it. But the average is about you know, 10,000 hours, 20 hours a week. So what that looks like to most parents out there, it's about three to five hours of off-court training a week, with this, which is in the gym and then cardio, running the hills, speed, agility, that sort of thing. Uh, an hour or so a week of primary strokes, a couple hours a week of secondary strokes. And maybe I should cover that briefly. Um, I'm going to give you guys an analogy. Pretend we're painters, not tennis players. And we get a paint set from Staples, Walmart, whatever, and it comes with a primary strip of paint. There's only primary colors. There's only a black, brown, blue, green, yellow, primary colors only. Now, if we're painting with only primary colors, even if we've been doing this for 30 years, our paintings always look average. We need secondary colors to make the, the painting's world-class. So the world-class painters know they don't have one green. They have 12 shades of green. Now, they're going to paint with secondary colors and primary colors, and they become world-class painters, and they can even sell their paintings. Well, the analogy now in tennis is you don't just have one forehand. You have five forehands. You have a primary drive. You have a high and heavy loop, 
Short angle, we call it side door. Slice, defensive lob. So you have five forehands. You have five backhands in your tool belt. You have three serves, kick, slice, flat. You have a whole tool belt of volleys. You have swing volleys, half volleys, transition volleys, fundamental, you know, primary volleys when you're standing on top of the net. But what do we see week in, week out? We see players only doing primaries. They, you know, the coach wants to work on volleys, so the kid goes and stands right on top of the net, and the balls hit right to them, and they're volleying. Well, that's not reality. It's, you need transition volleys and swing volleys. And so, anyway, primary, secondary strokes, you've got to play a ton of sets every week against up players and down lower-level players. We'll cover that in, in the workshops for sure. Basically, what I recommend is playing sets against the style of opponent the junior player hates to play. So if the junior player cannot beat a moon ball pusher, would going to the practice court five hours a day and booming the ball back and forth down the middle, is that ever going to help? No. You've got to practice in the manner you're expected to perform. So we want these kids to practice the exact patterns to beat moon ball pushers. So anyway, bottom line is it's about 20 hours a week, and we'll cover that in the workshop too, but it's about 20 hours a week, and it's that school methodology of we've got to get the kids away from only fundamental strokes, primary strokes, and get them to develop the whole tool belt. Like in school, they want to develop well-rounded children, so they have them do different subjects so they don't just do math all day, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, we started the show by saying it's really not easy being a tennis parent, and, and you know, you can meet Frank here, Pro 10 Global Sports, is hosting Frank on the Southwest Tour, making stops once again in Albuquerque on March 31st, El Paso April the 1st, Tucson April 2nd, and finishing up in Scottsdale on April the 3rd. There is more information on pro10global.com. That's 10 with two N's. And Frank, just in closing, if you just want to give a couple of takeaways that people, what people can uh, can take away by coming to see you at uh, at the tour stop, uh, just maybe a couple of points uh, what people can really expect to uh, to get out of uh, meeting with you and, and attending. Well, I think the biggest thing is we're gonna we're gonna have have a ton of fun. We're gonna laugh a lot. We're gonna make fun of a lot of people and a lot of different parental styles. Um, I think it's really important, though, parents, that you plan on bringing your children and your primary coach. You, we want the tennis coach to be there so everybody walks away on the same page. That's important, I think. Um, we're going to cover a ton of topics. If anybody wants to look at some of the topics, if they just kind of go on YouTube and go on the Mental Emotional Tennis Workshop on YouTube, um, tennis Australia, I did a workshop for the Australian Open a couple of years ago, and they put that workshop on YouTube, the Mental Emotional Tennis Workshop, or just Google my name, Frank Giampolo, and they can get a little bit of an idea of some of the topics we're going to be covering. So we'll have a ton of fun. They're going to walk away. Most parents walk away saying, I learned more in these three hours than I did in the last 10 years. And they get really motivated, and it's, it's just such a joy to see parents into it the kids are now smiling. The parents are into it. The coaches are into it. So we'll have some fun. Hope you guys can all join us. Wonderful, Frank. And, uh, and indeed, I, I encourage everybody uh, here in the Southwest to go check Frank out in either Albuquerque, El Paso, Tucson, or Scottsdale. And um, once again, this has been another edition of Coach's Corner presented by the Pro 10 Global Sports. 
this is Pete Zebron, again, our special guest, Frank Giampaolo, and hopefully we'll see you out there with Frank in Albuquerque, El Paso, Tucson, or Scottsdale coming up soon. Pete Zebron for Pro, Pro 10 Global Sports. Thank you. Is that all, folks?